and this is real, just broke, Bleacher Report. The Globe, the Harlem Globetrotters released a statement after writing a letter to the NBA wanting uh, to become yeah, a franchise. I, I wasn't going to talk about that. that, that no? Yeah. You don't you, you don't want to talk about the potential third team no. in, in New York City? No. Why? That's not it's never gonna happen. That's a that's a joke. That's no. <laughs> no. I'm ill. I'm ill. Than your average. I'm ill. I'm ill. Than your average. I'm ill. I'm ill. Than your average. I'm ill. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Nets Propaganda. I am the unforgettable one himself. Charles is always daydreaming, and we're two guys that love discussing other people's excellence. Um, there was a lot of, I guess, excellent things that happened over the weekend as round two of the NBA playoffs finally concluded. Uh, yes, we will talk about the Nets. I know for some of you, the haters listening to this, you guys want to hear us cry about the season for the fans of the show you want to get our final thoughts uh and we will talk about all that Uh, but a lot of things a lot of things happened that are pretty interesting slash important over the last couple of weeks uh in the nba and we will get to all of that um and i think we should do that first if nothing else to be petty and make the haters uh have to wait just a little bit longer to hear our thoughts but, um, you know, so obviously the Nets lost to the Milwaukee Bucks in game seven, a great game seven. Uh, if you're not a Nets fan, you know, it's a great game in general. KD almost hit one of the greatest shots in playoff history. He was just a couple inches short of it being that type of uh, shot. Uh, a la like the Kawhi Leonard game seven shot, stuff like that. Um, but that's not the only collapse that happened. The Hawks, congratulations to them. They moved on. They beat the Sixers, the top-seeded Sixers, to move on to the what uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. And I want to start there because the Sixers didn't really have an excuse. They, you know, Embiid was hurt, but he was playing well for the most part. Um, I know. Uh, Seth, I think it was Seth Curry got hurt. Right, Steph Curry had had a hamstring injury or something like that, or Danny Green. I'm sorry, Danny Green had a hamstring injury and stuff like that. Um, that hurt them, but for the most part, the Sixers were where they needed to be. They had the Hawks on the ropes a couple of those games, and they didn't close the deal. And I I like Doc Rivers. I I do think he's a good coach, but unfortunately, this is just another part of his reputation as being a guy that doesn't seem to be able to close things out when he needs to. Um, This is his 29th loss when he had a chance to clinch a series. I think that is the most, I I believe they said it's the most of all time. Um, You know, obviously he's had three different uh, series where he lost even being up three, one, most of all time. And so Doc is in a, Doc is in a weird place. A lot of people believe he's overrated because the only championship he won is when he had a big three when nobody else had a big three. Um, and even then he only won one championship after, uh, with that with that team, even though he did get the two finals. 
Uh, what doesn't help him is Ty Lue took the Clippers to their first ever conference finals the very next year after he left. And we'll get into that as well, because that's a big deal. Um, but I don't know, like, where do, you, where do you fall in terms of where Doc is in terms of the pantheon of current coaches? Because to me, I believe he's a really good coach. He should be up there. And, and for the longest time, I had him as my coach of the year because I thought he unlocked Embiid. I think he unlocked the Sixers team because this was a Sixers team that for a while now we thought would be a really good team and should be a top seed in the East, and they never were. They were always hovering around the 3-4 range. They were the best team in the Eastern Conference all year long. And so for me, I, I thought he, at least record-wise, so again, I thought that showed his brilliance as a coach for unlocking that team. But then once again in the playoffs, it didn't go well and they didn't get to the conference finals again. So I don't know. I, you know I'm, I'm weird when it comes to Doc. I root for him. I like him a lot. I like his kids a lot. Um, uh, you know, I think he's a good coach, but I can't deny that for some reason, he, ever since he left Boston or ever since that second finals loss, he has not done a good job of getting his team to where they need to go in the postseason. What do you think? I wouldn't put the loss on Doc Rivers as much as I would put it on Ben Simmons, but that's me as a fan. I was just approaching it like that. A lot of it had to do with my own team and the criticisms with my own team and focusing on not necessarily the pass Ben Simmons gets because he has been criticized heavily by NBA fans for not growing at all as a player. And when Embiid and insert one other player here are the only two people scoring on your team and one of them isn't your other franchise cornerstone, I don't know what you want the coach to do. Like we have our own uh, issues and criticisms with Steve Nash's coaching to a, to a certain degree, both of us, you know, agree that a lot of that criticism falls on the players have to make those shots. So is it Doc Rivers' fault that Ben Simmons is still Ben Simmons and they hit the same wall and Ben Simmons didn't grow? How much of this loss was on just the team, like and specifically Ben Simmons? How much of it was on Doc Rivers? Where do I place Doc Rivers as a coach? I just don't put him up there. Like, I think if <laughs> the, the spoiler, if, if you were to give Brett a chance, I think you'd fire Nash right now for Doc Rivers. Um, I don't, I never hated Doc. I think he's a good coach. I don't think. It was necessarily his fault with the Clippers last year. I think that was um, not meshing with the superstars that were there necessarily because uh, don't Doc and Paul George have closer ties than basketball? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't know what's going on there. It could just be simply communication breaks down in other parts of their lives and it, it affects professionally because everyone's human. Um, only it's funny hearing he only has one ring. The Celtics fans hold on to that one ring like Doc has three, a three-peat. But I believe Doc is a great coach. I really do. Um, I'm just as disappointed for the Sixers because I wanted that Sixers-Nets Eastern Conference Finals. So it's a weird spot because if they fire Doc, the process, air quotes, process, can only have one more year. I already have Sixers fans texting me this weekend in family chats and friend chats. The process is over. The process is dead. Like the, they, they, they already feel like they have their answer. And the answer is they all love Joel Embiid. And I think 
they're sick of the excuses when it comes to Simmons because Ben Simmons has, has not grown as a player. Would you say at all? Like I haven't, I haven't seen that growth. He's not the point forward LeBron that we thought he would be. And to say that I said that this weekend about Giannis, Giannis isn't the point forward. We all hoped he would be. The difference is Giannis is more effective than Ben Simmons. So I would be putting a lot of the blame on my star more than the coach, but I have heard criticisms from Sixers fans about Doc Rivers. Nothing specific because let's be real. It was a rough weekend for Brooklyn and Philly fans. So it wasn't like neither of us wanted to delve into why we suck at the moment. But I really think if if they're going to get rid of Doc Rivers, man, he's going to get another job. He's one of those coaches where I think it's going to be, you know, five minutes he's out of work if he wants, you know, to keep coaching. Well, you know what's funny? I think that's interesting too because he was in he was in the Clippers. He was at the Clippers for a long time. You know what I mean? It's not it's not like he didn't get a chance to work with that Clippers team. Matter of fact, he's had the rare ability to have two different squads. You know what I mean? Like that Lob City team, he was there for all of that, and then when they blew that up, he stayed on. And then he also got a year with Kawhi and PG. So it's not like he didn't get a fair shaking in, in uh, LA. I don't think they're going to fire him after one year. I think that's silly. I don't, I don't, I think that's very silly. Um, I think that at least give him one more year to, tr- to have a crack at it. But, you know, he, like I said, he, he, he's weird because you can't deny he has fallen short in a lot of ways in the playoffs. But I also think he's a pretty good coach. I really do. I really believe um, you put him on a decent team, he's going to get the most out of your players. Um, and for the most part, at least from what I can remember, like a lot of players love him. A lot of players do love him. So it's weird. Um, to, to the Ben Simmons point of this, yeah, Ben Simmons has not gotten any better offensively. Um and that's a shame because, you know, it, it's it's to me. I think when I think of Ben Simmons, I think of Jimmy Butler, right? I think of Jimmy Butler and his problem with Minnesota with Wiggins and Cat, because Jimmy Butler wasn't a high, you know, he wasn't a highly recruited per- player out of high school. He had to go to like a, a, a you know, mediocre team in Marquette. He was a 30th pick in the draft, so he wasn't like a you know, high sought-after draft pick. And he, too, struggled offensively, but he worked his behind off. There's that famous story of one year in Chicago. Uh, during the summer, he bought a studio apartment, and apparently this studio apartment didn't have a TV, didn't have Wi-Fi, didn't have anything, and it was right next to the practice facility. And he did that so he had no excuse but to go into the practice facility every single day and work on his game, right? So Jimmy Butler's the type of guy that he knows, like, hey, look, I'm not – I know I'm not the most talented person on the floor every night. I know I'm where I'm at because I had to work my behind off to get here. So when I see these young guys who are number one picks in the draft, who are top five picks, and they don't ever want to work on their game because they just think their talent is going to get them to where they are, that, that infuriates me. And to me, I think that's what Ben Simmons is. The fact that he, I understand it's hard when you can't shoot. Sometimes it's very hard to fix that. But the fact that he hasn't, it doesn't seem like he has any confidence in it. 
It doesn't seem like he works on it at all. Uh, the fact the fact that he's it seems like he's gotten worse over the last couple of years, that's sad. You know what I mean? I, I criticize Giannis. I gotta give Giannis credit. Giannis, at least you can tell, works on it. Giannis, yes, Gian, you could tell Giannis cares. There, right. There's one thing we can criticize. We criticize Giannis so much th- throughout the series, like together on the, and and not even on the pod, just as fans, right? That he's really not that good. We would say, and we're, and we're talking, you know, we're splitting hairs with greatness because he's obviously a superstar. When we say he's not that good, we mean dude was a foot shorter, he wouldn't be this dominant. Right, which is impossible. Everyone knows that. It's just a, a way we're gauging superstar talent, and I, I agree with you. I, I, when Ben Simmons was at LSU, I did not buy the hype at all. I, I was like, LSU didn't even make it to the tournament. How is this the next LeBron James when this kid can't even get a team into the tournament? But he had, but we made an excuse for him, right? Oh, he doesn't care about college basketball. He's not from America. Yeah, and, and, and I remember that, and I remember saying to my friends who are bigger in the college hoops than I am, then why the hell is he playing college hoops? Why didn't he stay down and play in the NBL and get make a million dollars? He'd yeah. still go number one. It, it, it didn't make any sense to me at the time that he did this thing that he didn't want to do just to appease the NCAA gods behind the scenes for some reason that people are saying he got paid more at LSU. Is that really true? You really think LSU paid more than he could have just got on paper? I, I just don't, I, I don't really see that. And to speak to the, to the lack of growth, I got a uh, basketball reference up right now for the 2021 playoffs. He scored over 21 time and it was in game two of the first round. He scored, he had, he had a 22, eight assists, eight rebound game or nine rebound game. Excuse me. And in the first game, he had 15 assists and 15 total rebounds and only six points. The rest of his games, I'll go down in order. So this is from the first game to the, the final game of the playoffs. And these are just the points. Six, 22, 14, 13, 19, the next series. 17, 4, 18, 11, 8, 6, and 5. Th- that's a superstar? I, I remember we killed Darren Williams for less. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just comparing it to my team and a point guard on my team. So I, 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 I like the after the year I've had as a fan defending a point guard that you know joined the 50 40 90 club and, and made an all NBA team. I'm looking at a point guard that, yes, he had decent assist games, but in the series against the Hawks, he had only two games, game one and seven, where he had double digit assists a- against the Hawks. He had one game with double digit rebounds. And it was and it was a uh, game five. It looks like because you know how basketball references just laid out, so you have to you might lose your track. But it really it doesn't look like he's a superstar from these postseason reads. And and actually, and that's a good point too, right? That's a good point too. Not being a great shooter is one thing. Not being a great scorer is one thing. But my goodness, if you're gonna do that, I from what I hear, oh. He's a jump shot away from being LeBron. He's a jump shot away from being LeBron. Well, we're not seeing it. We're not seeing it. How, if I would understand if he was dra- racking up double doubles and assists and and rebounds, and the only thing he wasn't doing was scoring at a high clip. Okay, cool. But now you're telling me he didn't even put up the rebounding and assist numbers that would make that would mean that would make him worthy of being on the floor. 
and I'm and I'm gonna get to that in a minute too when I talk about Joe Harris. Thirteen is um, thirteen assists in Game Seven, which, but mind you, thirteen assists is really good. Yeah. But the problem being when your team can't score and you, with your LeBron James size body, only scored five points. Yeah. Five. Like me and you were killing Joe Harris this whole series for scoring five points. And yeah. and to be to be honest, yeah, we had injuries and all that, but Joe Harris is not the corner of the foundation like Ben Simmons is supposed to be. So I don't know what Philly does. If Philly's like I, a lot of uh, my friends who love to play the imaginary trade game, you know, just talk about what kind of moves can be made. Is there any way Philly could get Dame Dollar? They'll trade Ben Simmons for him. I said this before game seven. I said this before game six. This is after game five. I, I, I asked with all sincerity, why? Why would any team trade for Ben Simmons right now? They wouldn't. Like, like, like they, they, yeah, they that. wouldn't. And they were talking about that on, on like, uh, first take the other day, too. It's like his his trade value is so bad now that's like, I don't even know if you would get C.J. McCollum for him. Oh, and hold up, real quick. You, the, the LeBron comparisons. The LeBron comparisons stem from an outdated, when I say outdated, I mean at least 10 years old narrative that LeBron James can't shoot. For, for, for you people that can't remember, for you youngins that might not remember, when they, when the Heat won the Game 7 in the finals against the Spurs, Pop's whole strategy was we're going to lose. We can't stop LeBron anyway, and we're going to live and die. Let him shoot. And when you let LeBron shoot, when you left him open, when it mattered most, he, I forget what it was numbers where he had some ridiculous field goal percentage that game because he was draining every shot they left him open for. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was mid range. So, so over time, Oh, he can only dunk and he's not the greatest three point shooter. And he's not the greatest foul point shooter turned into, he can't shoot. No, he can shoot. He can score in transition. He can make plays like that. If he couldn't shoot, he wouldn't be the point forward he's always been, especially before the Lakers when he was actually listed as the point guard. So it, it's it's just weird to me that we made this comparison, and a couple of years ago, I got it. Same with Giannis when, when Kidd became the head coach, and we thought he was going to be this point forward. The, ben Simmons and Giannis are not point forwards. They're not. Like, and, and that's just from a fan watching this game. Because Ben Simmons, I'm not a hater. I didn't think Anthony Davis would be as good as he, he was in the pros when he was in college. He was very dominant in college. I knew he was a point guard that just had a growth spurt. So I, I didn't really have the faith that he would be who he became. Same goes for Ben Simmons. I'm disappointed as a fan in Ben Simmons because when you saw the little glimpses of what he could be, it was there. But first, listen, I'm no shooter. I, I'm one of the, I'm a, I, when I play pickup games, I'm a power forward who can hit the occasional three. So I, I get having the yips or being in your own head about, I can't make this shot, but you don't get in your head and not shoot open threes. Like, how are you going to be an effective point guard if the whole world knows you're going to pass a open pass off a wide open shot? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the Sixers do, and I have nothing smart to say when it comes to what they should do because this is a tough spot. This is a really tough spot. Like, do you give him another year? You're paying him. Like, you you, you hope he gets better, but he hasn't. He obviously hasn't worked on his jump shot. Yeah, and it's the Hawks are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Shout out, Mimi Will. It's great, and then the Hawks, they the, the 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 Sixers stopped Trey Young. He was shooting something abysmal. It brought down his whole shooting percentage for the series in Game Seven, and it was close the whole time. It was it was made for the taking for 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 the uh, the Sixers. And is that on Doc? They shut down 
Trey Young. Like everybody would agree, if you shut down Trey Young, you win game seven. They did what they were supposed to do. The rest of the team did not execute when they needed to execute. Because who was it? If it Embiid and was it uh, Curry or Harris wasn't on the floor, they weren't scoring? Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. It should be Simmons. Yeah. It shouldn't even be a Batman Robin thing, the most overused analogy in basketball. It, it, it's 1A and 1B. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. I totally agree. And if I'm a Sixers fan, it, I'm worried because it's like, where do we go from here? You know what I mean? Like I, like I said, I don't know if there's too many coaches better than Doc. So you firing Doc to, to get who? I don't know. And Ben Simmons, one, even if he works on his jump shot all summer, I highly doubt he's gonna go from the worst shooter in the league to good enough in one year. Um, and and two, I don't I don't know if you could trade him like for any, or at least for anything good, you know what I mean. So I don't. The Sixers are in trouble. They're a good. They're a really 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 good team, but they have but their flaws are very very uh, potent. And I don't know. I I really just don't know uh, how how they're gonna overcome that. Um, Especially since it, even Embiid kind of threw shots at Simmons, I, I think as a team they've lost faith faith in him, and that's hard. And that's hard to come back from when your team loses faith in you like that. Um, and it's telling. It's telling because just from our perspective, right? It never felt like the Nets lost faith in Joe Harris because it was like an equally bad performance in the postseason, right? Should have, but yeah. But but they but but the body language was there, man. They were a team. They didn't lose faith. The whole team didn't lose faith because they were making plays. They were running plays. They, the, the shot wasn't dropping. Do Sixers fans feel like that's the issue, that it just was a bad performance and it was just this one series, or that do they feel like how you're saying you, you kind of perceive the team, that they all lost faith in Ben Simmons now? Because if it is that Darren Williams-like situation, and that's all I can re- like relate it to, it's a recency bias from it, that is – toxic for the locker room toxic mm-hmm. because then he's going to keep shrinking he's going to keep disappearing he's going to take up a, a chunk of the payroll and you're not going to be able to move him you'll have to sh- eventually stretch him which i doubt will happen because there'll probably be a team to take a flyer on ben simmons he's young enough right and everybody thinks they can fix everybody so but i'm saying this is a ridiculous conversation to be having for a team that for all intents and purposes should be in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Yeah. Well, let me talk about Tina is in the Conference Finals. That's the Clippers. Um, I got to admit, I'm very happy for them. I'm happy for Paul George. He's, I'm happy for no one. He, he's gotten killed, you know, pandemic P and all the memes of him and clanking it off the side of the backboard and all this other stuff. He showed up in game six. When they needed to, when they needed him to, without Kawhi, not even letting it get to a game seven, um, I, I thought that was big for him, man. I really do. Uh, people forget he he once was considered a top three player in the league, if not a top five player in the league, when he was in Indiana. He was once considered by many a hater to be the LeBron killer, stopper, whatever. So. That's a big fall from grace, but at the same time, people did forget that he's an Olympian, that he's a superstar, that he is a tier above 
average. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. I'm saying like the floor for PG-13 is above average. Right. So I, I don't, I don't see, I'm not too happy for him because he's one of those players that I'm the fan that's saying you needed to do this and good for you. You know what I mean? Good for your career. Good for all of it. I'm not, I'm not hating on it, but I'm saying like, this was a, this needed to happen type of performance, you know? Oh no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, the reason why I'm happy for him, the reason why I'm happy for the Clippers is as a Nets fan, I understand what that big, what that little brother feeling is like, you know what I mean? The late, the Clippers, we have it a little bit easier because the Knicks suck, right? Um, if we win a couple titles, we can change the narrative on our organization, on the city of New York, on the culture. The Clippers, unfortunately, they have so much, you know, they have so, they're in the shadow, 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 shadow of the Lakers. They have, they're in the largest shadow in North American sports. And that's coming from a Nets fan. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And, and so I'm happy for them even just to have their day. You know what I mean? Like, me and my dad were watching it, and he's like, wow, they're celebrating like they won the championship. I said, well, dad, it's the first time I've ever been to the conference finals. So, yeah, let them celebrate. Let, let, and when you look at the other teams on the list of, uh, of, of uh, teams, that, uh, North American teams that have never made it to the conference finals in their respective sports, a lot of those teams are younger. You know what I mean? A lot of those teams, like the Hornets, the Pelicans, the Houston Texans in football, those, you know what I mean? Those are all teams that kind of formed in the 90s slash 2000s. And is it the Hornets? The, the, the Hornets? You said the Hornets and Pelicans. My bad. My yeah, bad. Both. I had a brain fart because I was like, the Hornets would be the Bobcats. And hell no, the Bobcats never made a conference finals. Yeah, no, it's both. It's the Hornets and, and the Pelicans. Um, so those are all teams that kind of formed in the last you know few decades. And as we know, have, have kind of been mediocre at best throughout that whole process. So it's like, you know, it makes sense why they haven't done it. No, be happy, man. I, we would we we would have been ecstatic and, and it wouldn't have been our first Eastern Conference final. So I'm not one of those fans. You advance to the final four, you can celebrate it. That's a long season. All four of these teams earn their spot. Yeah, it was like no hate in, in, for that. You like it is a hundred percent good for the four teams remaining, and you deserve to be happy about this season. Yeah, when it comes to the Clippers, what's interesting about them is, like you said, is their age. Usually, when franchises like the Clippers that just moved around the country before finding a home from the East Coast to the San Diego to you know to, uh, up to LA and all these different movements, they're usually the, the random teams that have like one title in, in a city they're twice removed from, right. So, so it, so that is the interesting part is how long it's been for these Clipper fans and props to the Clippers fans, man, because when they were Lob City, the Nets were, in, were, were just in the doldrums when, when Lob City was at its prime, you know, like we had a couple of years where it was D will and CP three. And that was like, Oh, we got to check out that game on TNT type of type of environment. But when they started hitting their stride and having hope for a title with Chris Paul, I felt good for him. I remember that feeling from the New Jersey Nets. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so people really get on sports fans, you know, pretty much like, you know, we grew up in the tri state. So it's like Yankee fans, Celtics fans, the Laker fans, even Bulls fans to a certain extent. They're, you're just spoiled from like all the gluttony of riches and Spurs fans. You could add them to it too, right? From all these championships, when you realize how many fan bases of real fans, not the, not the transient, I follow up player fans, you guys don't know what pain is that. Making a conference finals is a big deal. 
So let the let them celebrate. They had to watch. If you're a Clippers fan, if you're my age and you're a Clippers fan, if you're just 31 years old, 30, 32 years old, you've never seen this. But you had to have you at least remember five Lakers titles. Not, that's not even all the times they made it to the NBA finals, let alone the conference finals. You remember them winning it five times. That's insane. It sucks. Like the closest thing we got here in the tri-state besides the Nets, obviously it's the success of the Yankees compared to the Mets. Right. And even the Mets got a couple titles. Right. And even the Mets have gotten to world series and stuff like that. Yeah. Recently. And and have had success like the, like, so the Clippers, they're starved for this and and it's going to be depressing because either way, right? Like the Suns made a finals before. But you're not telling me any Suns fans give a shit about that finals right now. They're looking at it like, hey, we can win a title. And if I had to choose a team that I'm going to put like my, you know, my support behind, pretty much it's, it's a pick your poison here, right? Because to, to take my bias out of it, you got the Bucks, a gritty team that it's, it, they're, they're hard, they're easy to hate and, and easy to love at the same time, depending on whatever style of basketball you like. The uh, same with the Hawks, easy to love, easy to hate, gritty young team. But uh, I'm gonna go out west. You got the Clippers. Never won it. Do you want? Do you want to see Kawhi and, and PG win one for air quotes their hometown team, or do you want to see Chris Paul finally lead a team and get his finally get his ring? I'm in the camp of I'd love to see Chris Paul win a ring in Phoenix. Good for Phoenix. I identify with Phoenix living in New Jersey, like a secondary market that's always overshadowed, no matter how good you are. Remember, they're the same team that won 50 games and didn't make the playoffs a couple of years ago. That's pain. Like, I couldn't imagine my basketball team winning 50 games and not making the playoffs. Wow, well, what happened? Say what? That that happened. They won fifty games and then made the playoffs. Wasn't it the year with the three headed uh, monster when it was Drogic, Bledsoe, and Isaiah Thomas? Wow. I mean, I believe you because that's back when the like every team in the West was winning fifty games. Yeah, I I, I believe you. But, uh, I mean, oh yeah, it was forty-eight. It was forty-eight wins. I just pulled it up because I because I need. I wanted to make sure I'm not just remembering it wrong. But but it, it even says it. USA Today, AP from, from the Associated Press in Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns are the quote the best team not to make the playoffs. Jeff Hornacek got forty-eight wins and missed the playoffs. In the sixteen-team playoff era. Only one other 48-win team did not make the postseason. That was the 07-08 Golden State Warriors. So, yeah, the Suns, no pain is my point. Right. Because you can't imagine it. Like, as a Nets fan, you win 48 games and you're not in the playoffs. Get out of here. Yeah. No, that would never happen. It's sad that it happened back then because if that playoffs, uh, if the play-in tournament was back then, they they would have been the scariest play-in team. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but before we talk about our our uh, depressing ass team, do you, who who do you see yourself kind of getting behind with the four remaining teams? Uh probably the probably. I mean, honestly, any team not named the Bucks, I'm okay with winning. Yeah, me too. Any team not named the Bucks, um, 
you know, if nothing else, because those other three teams have black coaches, so I want them to win. Um, <laughs> nothing else. I'm sorry, I just can't get behind Giannis. I just can't. It's, it's not. It's not that I don't think he's good. It's just I don't like. No, you don't like him. I just don't. You're okay like to be a fan. You mean it as a fan. Everyone knows you're not talking about him as a human being. Well, true, of course. Yo, yeah, no. Like you could say you don't like him. Everyone knows the context is sports related. Well, no, it's it's not that I don't like him necessarily. I hate when the media anoints people that to me don't I don't believe deserve to be anointed. Um, wait, 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 real quick before we, we get into our series. And this is real. Just broke Bleacher Report. The Globe, the Harlem Globetrotters release a statement after writing a letter to the NBA wanting uh, to become yeah, a franchise. I, I wasn't going to talk about that. that no, that, you don't. You, you don't want to talk about the potential third team no. in, in New York City. No, why? That's not. It's never going to happen. That's a. That's a joke. That's no. <laughs> no. I'll try I'm, to find this for the cold open. I'm not. I'm not even. No. No. I'm not. No. I'm not even wasting my time with that. Yo, Glob- the Globetrotters are awesome. But anyway, sorry, I just had to say it because it was going to, I I can't believe I just read that. But okay. Also, this is the first time since I believe it's in 1994 that both one seeds, don't, neither one seed made it to the conference finals. Um, so this has been an interesting, it's been an interesting postseason. There's been a lot of injuries. LeBron James called the NBA out on that. Let's turn to all the injuries. Um, yeah, but what does LeBron want them to do? Like, they want them to keep playing into August, so whoever wins the title is going to be playing on no rest when they start to start the regular schedule back up later this year. Like, what, he didn't even clarify his statement. He just said, oh, I told him about that. What, what did you say? Because there's it was a shorter season. They got paid. Well, no, 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 no. He wanted – I think they wanted an even shorter season. Like, yo, like, let's just shorten this season and then get back on track. Let's start in January and in July, start over in October. Bas- basically throw away this season, and the NBA is like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, and I'm, ha- I'm happy as a fan they didn't. And then, and I and my team was hit hard by injuries, even though the injuries had nothing to do with 72 games. Well, to, to be very honest with you, I don't know how I feel about it. To me, this seemed like the longest season ever. Um, even though it was a shortened season, it just seemed like the longest season ever to me. Uh, it didn't. It didn't seem long to me. It seemed like there was. It seemed like there was more games because of the condensed schedule. But I liked it as a fan. As far if if I'm being honest, as a fan, I liked the, the season the way it was structured. Yeah, like, do I want ten more games? If if you could stretch it out another couple of weeks, sure. I don't care. Like, probably three weeks would be the average for the the next ten games, right? So. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed knowing there was a pretty much a game on every other day. Like no, not just my team. I mean, like no matter what, there was a game on. So yeah, too, I, I get all right. Well, like I said, like I said before, I, I dealt with this in Cleveland, and even now, and that's why I said with my dad when we lost. I said, "Man, this is gonna be a long freaking year." Because at the end of the day, I could care less about the regular season. I could care less. Well, well, that's great, but that, but that's all we got. And, and honestly, one of the, the, the realest things people were saying to me this weekend and people that like to talk to trash, not necessarily, they weren't being condescending in, in when they were saying this, was the Nets had the, a great season, a great season. We had high hopes and not achieving those high hopes suck. But with that being said, compared to the last 
20 years. It was the most fun regular season and playoffs that, that we've had, period. There's no way around it. I watched some of the best basketball I ever seen in a Nets jersey this year. And to say that it doesn't matter, it, that, 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 that's, that's ridiculous to me. Because I watch games that didn't matter when me and you were just like, I hope we hit 20 wins. We had this pod before before we signed two free agents, and we were very happy. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But we, but again, I've seen this movie play out before because of injuries, because of the unknown. That's why I was telling you all year, yo, don't count our championships yet. We gotta win them. Because of that, it, it's why I don't. It's why I don't like the regular season because it's like, yo, man. To to me, I look at every game as a potential for downfall now because it's like, all right. Who's gonna get hurt this game? Who's gonna get hurt that yeah, game? Yeah, but 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 that's the completely wrong way to look at sports in general because pretty much you're saying only thing that matters is the playoffs, and that's why a lot of casuals don't even tune in the regular season games. When regular season matters, and seeding has proved that this year. Oh because yeah, the regular season oh, didn't matter. The Hawks. Of course, I was the one that said that. I know you, I, and I agreed. Trust me, I, I agreed. I already gave you your flowers about that. I'm just saying you can't say both things simultaneously. I get your hesitation and the whole Cleveland thing. Difference is. It's not Cleveland. It's not LeBron. Like, 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 it's, it's the same. It's ironically the same philosophy that you're you've kind of tended to go towards in the last couple of minutes. Both of them being LeBron centric. Well, no, no. I I guess what I'm saying is I'm with you. For the last 20 years, it's been rough being a Nets fan, and that's and I'm happy that we are a great team. But my point is, I don't care about being a great regular season team. I want a championship. Me too, bro. My, like, my, trust me. Trust me. I know. I know. I know you do. Hold on. Let me finish. And what I'm saying is. We, it's going to be a long time before we are back to having the games that are legacy defining, right? Kyrie can drop 50 points in a game. We've seen it. KD can go for a, a crazy amount. Uh, James Harden might have 20 assists one game. We've seen all that stuff before. Like we've been there, done that. We're going to blow teams out some games. We're going to not play well other games. Like the ups and downs of the regular season, we've seen it like all this time before getting to that mountaintop i disagree because next year ideally speaking would be the year we get to see the big three play more we saw them play single digit regular season games no but okay so even then right let's say everything everybody's healthy they're playing and they playing the way we think we're gonna play and they're blowing teams out every night trust me after a while it's gonna get boring after a while you you can keep saying that no no, it didn't get boring this year. No, that is the most spoiled bullshit I can ever hear. Like that, that, that makes no sense to me. If we win three freaking rings in a row, then yeah, it'll get boring. But the fact that we have zero and you want one to tell me that being amazing would get boring is bullshit. I'm just letting you know, I don't, I don't identify with that. I can't find it in my, in my being. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. I'm speaking to somebody who, who was in Ohio. And that's England. great, dude. But that's not, that's not the reality for every other Nets fan in existence. Period. Yeah, I'm not talking about every, I'm talking about me. I know, but, but you, that's how out of touch you, you are right now. That no, but so I'm, out of touch. I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. I don't care. I'm saying I do not care about the regular season. I don't. Well, th- but th- then you have nothing to hold on to about this year. Think about it. You not caring about the regular season, that sucks for you. That really does. Because as a Nets fan, besides a couple of playoff performances you might remember individually, most of most of your favorite games were regular season games. So, And the best team that, that was ever assembled that, that, that lost in the second round. If we take away the high expectations, this was the 
the, the like one of the best seasons in the 21st century next, next to the two back-to-back Eastern Conference uh, final wins. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It was the third best season in the last 21 years. Yes. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and to you, it didn't matter. That sucks. That sucks for you. No, I mean, no, I mean, and, and let's be very real about this in history. It's not going to matter. Nobody 20 years from now, nobody's going to care about the 20. Yeah, bro. That well, welcome to being a Nets, Nets fan. Like, I don't know what you tell you. People don't give a shit about Jason Kidd. Like, Nobody. Like, we're talking about Clippers fans. You think the Clippers fans, uh, that regular casual fans, give a shit about Lob City? No. Like, who 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 brings up Lob City? I'm sure Clippers fans do. No, no one, no one's really talking. The most I, I heard about Blake Griffin since then was this year, and it's because he was on my team. Now, how many casual fans bring up Kenyon Martin? Like, oh man, he had a lot of great seasons. Nobody. Exactly. So, so that goes without saying is that you're becoming immortal from, from winning a ring, but you losing what makes you think the regular season matters is just, I don't, I can't, I have, I'd have no way of identifying with that. And, and, and to get into this series, right. Um, to, to, if, if I didn't have the regular season and all I had were these 11, 12 games, that's depressing. That's more depressing than how I how depressed I was on Saturday night. It was this was without a doubt the toughest sports loss of my life. There's nothing in sports I ever was more disappointed about than losing that game seven. Really, dead ass. There's I've never felt that down. Wow, like okay. there's 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 not one sports thing that ever made me feel like that. Really? Did I, what, what? What would you think it would be? I'm interested to hear it. Like, what would you think would have been like, oh my God, this is, I've never been more mad or sad or whatever. Well, I've told you my worst ones were Rutgers losses for the same reason. Like, to me, th- those are culture changing moments, right? If, if Rutgers beats Louisville when they had uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, they get a chance to go to the Orange Bowl. That's a that's a legacy defining moment for Rutgers. If Rutgers of uh, the year they beat Louisville, if they don't lose the pit, uh, that changes everything. Or I'm sorry, uh, uh, um, West Virginia that changes everything. So those losses, this one didn't hurt as much because I understood that they were hurt. I understood that for healthy next year we'll be fine. I understood that. You know, most likely, if we're healthy, we'll get it back next year, which is why I'm saying this is going to be the longest year ever because now I'm just trying to get back to that moment. Well, you know yeah. I mean? And also, but, but my, what gives me the peace of mind is, you 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 know, injuries can happen at any moment to any one of us. I know, trust me, especially this year. So it's like I, the, this hurt the most, not just because of like my own personal stresses over the last couple of months and, and the Nets were the constant positive escape from reality. Even though I know a couple of the people on the court, I've spoken to them. I know they're real people. When the in between the forty-eight minutes, I was able to escape and enjoy the product I was watching, and and with the exception, I didn't. The only time I didn't enjoy the product was when Kai got hurt, and it wasn't even he didn't get hurt because he played too many games. He he got Jalen Rosed, and 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 he and he hurt his ankle. 
So, so a lot of the people that are criticizing him and oh, he didn't play enough, or he or and yada yada yada, made a glass oh, paper man. I'm not even listening to those people. Those, those no, people. I'm I'm telling them. I'm, all I know is that you did not watch a single game because if you think that he got hurt because he wasn't playing enough, it, it's just ridiculous. You didn't even see the injury. People that saw the injury were just like, dude, dude, you know, anybody would get hurt rolling their ankle like that. Right. So that's beside the point. James Harden played injured. We saw the progression of his injury. We saw him adjust to his injury. So when it comes to the legacy building part, I see the positive because let's be real. One thing we can take away was the Barclays center was rocking in that game seven. And that's been one of the biggest criticisms of us Nets fans since the move to Brooklyn. It's pretty much Brooklyn where you at, right? There's no question that 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 the just their presence of this big three has impacted the fandom and, and has created a bunch of new fans. Yeah, a couple of them well, are going to leave. And, that, with- and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. Culture changing. We are culture changing. We're, we're seeing a transition, right? And for me, the reason why this loss hurt me so much is because of that. So now Knicks fans have something to, t- to talk shit about again. Now Celtics fans have something to talk shit about again. Because we didn't win yet. And so for me, we got to deal with this whole nonsense another year. Which I really did not get any shit talk from Knicks fans. The the closest thing I got to shit talk from Knicks fans was my cousin who was just saying, yo, it's crazy. The King's out. Both one scenes are done. The super team in Brooklyn lost. He's like, what? You know, so it was just like, what the hell? Like you said earlier, what the hell's going on this year? Right. So that wasn't even shit talk. A couple of Celtics fans. I'm I'm talking about next, next year. God forbid the Knicks have another decent season. We're still gonna have to deal with all of this. This Knicks country is Knicks town. Uh, yeah, but whatever. Like, like that's, well, that's no, so- no, no. It's not whatever. It's annoying at this point. It's it's like so, yo, so I, yo, enjoy the regular season because the whole regular season to me when they were like oh, it's Knicks country, I tell them check the standings. Yeah, no, because 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 even no matter what, at least locally here here in Jersey where we're surrounded by Knicks fans and Sixers fans and Celtics fans, they can't say shit to us. Thank God we don't live in Wisconsin for a multitude of reasons, mostly because it's Wisconsin. But I'm not worried about the local fans talking shit because what are you going to say? You're a Celtics fan. You lost to us. Injuries? Yeah, we know. You're, you're a Knicks fan. What are you going to say? You lost to Trey Young after thinking well, well, that you guys are going to win. Well, hold on. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, until we win a championship, they have a point. The whole point of this year was, okay, go ahead and talk your trash because it's the last time – this is your last stand. This is your last ability to talk trash. When we win this title, you need to go away and never be heard. I from mean, again. I'll give my friends credit. You know what I mean? Like this, this is the little bit of a difference, right? The older Knicks fans, the 60 year olds. Sure. The, the ones that are my age and younger, none of them are bringing up rings like that. The, the closest they've gotten to a ring is the same as the Nets fans. So, so they don't, like, I'll give my friends credit. It's not like that. They're throwing, you know, Clyde's rings in, 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 in my oh, face no, right no, now. But no, but like I said, that's the difference between us and Clippers fans. Clipper fans have to deal with all of it. Oh my God, dude. If the Knicks were like the Lakers, I the, the well, depression if the I like the Lakers, I wouldn't even care. If the Knicks were like the Lakers, I wouldn't even care. I'd just be like, well, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, y'all got it. But anyway, <laughs> look, but anyway, let's 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 dive into this series itself. Uh... Because yeah, see, oh now you oh now you don't want to talk about it. So next, so let's let's dive into the series itself. Um, a few things. One, I'm very proud of of Kevin Durant. I'm very proud of this team in general. Like you said, it was a good season. 
of the, a lot of a lot of great things happened despite all the injuries and the COVID and everything else. Which again, which is why it was so annoying that we lost, and which is why I'm saying, bro, like I'm not trying to wait a whole another year to get back to this moment because I feel like ba- basketball more than any other sport, the turnaround time is so is so much longer. Um, you know, football because the off season is so long, it feels long. But once the games start again, you know it's only a couple months before you get a chance. You know, you get a chance to redeem yourself. This is like okay, we still got the whole off season. Mind you, the playoffs are still going. Right, playoffs are still going. I think after this recording, the lottery is tonight, so we haven't even gotten to the draft yet. You know what I mean? There's still so much that has to happen, and then we yeah, got two play. more rounds of the playoffs. We like. That, it, right, and then we and then we got to play a whole nother eighty-two games before we get back to the playoffs. Like that, it's just a long time to, to have to redeem yourself, and that's and that's what that's what sucks. Now, here's a good thing, and that's another, and that's what I was trying to say earlier. This season felt longer to me, even though it was a shortened season because of the timing of everything. Right, by now we should have a champion. Um, matter of fact, on my time hop today, I uh, today five years ago, I was at the Cleveland parade when they won. Um, so the good thing is, by this time next year, we would we will know if we're champions or not, right? By this time, by, by well, well, not for nothing. I actually like the way the schedule is set up with, with this year. Not necessarily like the condensed part for what you said with the injuries. If that could if that could be alleviated some way, but as far as going deeper into the summer, I I kind of dig it. Because basketball is a summer sport. All of us have played in the summer growing up. So if the finals are on closer to, J- to July 4th, I don't know. Like, just, just me personally, I really like that. So if, if that, that's part of the adjustments or whatever, you know, alleviating whatever LeBron's concerns are, I'm for it. If it goes back to the original schedule and, and the finals are getting done this week, cool. But I, I like that it's going into June, July. I, 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 I just want to say that. I really do. Well, and that's fair. And, and uh, you know, this is the first year of it, so it is an adjustment. So for me, but for me, I guess it was my, my internal clock was off. I'm like, yo, man, we still playing basketball? Good Lord, we're supposed to be wrapping up. and We're still doing this and still doing that. Um, so, again, it's just going to be a longer thing. And if you followed the bubble, it was a short turnaround to the, this season, too. So it just seemed like this – like this in the bubble seems to me like one long ass season. Oh, so- yeah. well, one of my friends said something about when Kyrie did something at the end of last season and Al, it was like a year ago. And I'm like, dude, that was November. <laughs> like the, 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 the championship, the, the NBA finals was in November, wasn't it? October or November. Last, like a like couple weeks into October. Yeah. Yeah, so just think about that. Like, like, so there's been you're not the only one that feels like it's been forever. A lot of that is 2020. You know what I mean? 2020 felt like four years in one. Exactly. So then that's and that's another thing with me. It's just and maybe I'll feel a lot different by the time the next season rolls around. But for right now, that was that was the first thing I thought about. My God, we got to wait another year to redeem ourselves. That sucks. Okay, get to what everybody wants to hear. And besides me being depressed, is what are your problems? Because you, you're only super positive off the jump is when you got something really, you know, you want to go Tupac, hit him up. Uh, my problem is Steve Nash. More than Joe Harris? I, I think your problem is Joe Harris, but if you're going to no, say Steve no, Nash, I'll go for no, it. Here's why the problem is, is, is Steve Nash. Steve Nash 
KD wanted you because, you know, y'all have a relationship. He trusts you. Um, the rapport was going to be there, right? One of the cases for Steve Nash, and you were one of those people that made this case for him, was he's a Hall of Fame point guard. He's a two-time MVP. He's a former player. So if nothing else, his feel for the game should be there. His experience will help him, yada, yada, yada. That's what, that's what for the people that, that were okay with Steve Nash's hiring, this is what y'all were saying, right? I'm watching a guy sit there and watching his team flap around like a fish out of water and did absolutely freaking nothing to help. Absolutely nothing to help. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching him I said, Steve Nash, can you call a freaking timeout? Can you run a play? Can you make some substitutions? Can you do something to help this team win? You, We literally gave the ball to Kevin Durant ever since Kyrie went down in game four. We literally just gave the ball to Kevin Durant and said, yo, man, take us home. You can't do that. That's not how that works. So, like, look, there's, Coaches are there for a reason. The first three and a half quarters of every game is usually game plan, adjustments, the flow of the game, whatever. You go to your superstars in the fourth quarter and say, yo, man, this is why we're paying you. Take us home. And in a playoff series, uh, two to three, maybe even four of your wins are because you go to your – no, usually it's only two or three of your wins is because you go to your superstar and say, oh, all right, in the fourth quarter and say, all right, bro, take us home. That's why I disagree the there. The, the, the entire titles are won on the backs of superstars. Well, no, yeah, role play, but role players do t- t- take. Uh, yeah, you need you need good role players, but you're wrong in the sense that it's, the superstar is only one or two games. No, the superstar is all four wins of a series I'm talking about. Okay, I'll, I'll disagree there, but okay. The point of the matter is, Super like the point is you're not supposed to go to a superstar and and say ISO this superstar make game winning plays for us every single trip for down three quarters court. yeah for no for four quarters and then in, in game seven's case and, and overtime that's insane that's insane well in game I mean, seven we the Nets were running plays for Brown. Like he, they, that no, no, no. That's, that's the thing. They weren't. Bruce Brown is on the floor because Bruce Brown's a good basketball player and he knows to cut and move without the fucking basketball. Those weren't even plays. Those were guys doing their thing and Bruce Brown just decided to cut and they and they gave it to him and he was making plays. So, so, so the what looked to be uh, plays being run to get Bruce Brown to get that floater in, in the middle of the paint, you're saying was just a broken ISO play that turned into something because of the IQ of the players on the court. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Okay. I know no, I'm, I'm, that's really me clarifying because most of the time when we were texting between game seven, I, what I was saying was more that I wasn't saying like, Oh no, these are definite plays. I'm saying like, I'm seeing plays happen, but as you know, I, I'm not trying to act like I know all the X's and O's of every single play. That's not called a pick and roll. Yeah, no, nah, a lot, a lot of the. I'll, I'll put it to you this way: I, I highly doubt they're running plays for Bruce Brown. Of all the players on that on that team, they're not running plays for. Bruce They Brown. were running plays for Joe Harris, and the, the shots just weren't dropping. And and so that goes. So that's why, and that's another reason why I'm blaming Steve Nash and not Joe Harris. Joe Harris didn't have it. 
He didn't have it. I'm looking at his numbers right now. He had 10 points, three for 10, three for nine in game seven. In game six, he had nine points, four for nine, one for four from three. Uh, in game five, five points, two for 11, one for seven from three. The next game, eight points, three for eight from the field, two for six from three. Uh, next game, three points, one for 11, one for seven from three. Okay, so that that's games three through seven. He just did not have it. He didn't have it. And my thing is, I, and I'm a Joe Harris fan. I'm, I've been a Joe Harris fan longer than most people have. Because, again, I was in Cleveland when he was drafted. Um, he, he and Della Vadova were like the two fan favorites of, the, of everybody in Cleveland, obviously besides the big, their big three. So I've always been a Joe Harris fan. I defended Joe Harris. I said he was a key piece to this team. When it was time to get paid, I'm the one that said pay him. You should pay him because he's going to be a key part to your team. He didn't have it. And to be fair to him, he's never been in this position before. He's never been on a team. Because remember, in those Cleveland teams, he's on a bench. He ain't even playing in the playoffs, okay? So he's never been in a position where he's the hunted, not the hunter. He's never been in a position where, you know, he's on the scouting report. For people that don't know, when you get to, when you go to the playoffs, everybody gets a big-ass binder, right? A huge binder, that has all the team's uh, plays in it, all the tendencies, what the the, the, the responsibilities, what you're supposed to do. Then everybody has, and, every, and then every player has their own chapter, okay? This is the first time Joe Harris got a chapter. And, and, and he's the fourth chapter after the big three. That's how big he is on this team. And, and what I'm saying is, this is the first time he's been in this position. And you can tell he just had no confidence. And my thing is, this game seven, your season is on the line. This is not the time to try to get Joe Harris's confidence back. Take him out, put somebody else in, win the game, and then you have next series to say, hey, Joe, you're back in the starting line of game one and game two. Let's see if we can get you going again. But, but game seven was not the time. It was not, it was clearly not the time for that to happen. And so I'm looking at my coach, and let me. I have this other thing put up here. We literally only had a we only had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players suit up for game seven. And Nick Claxton didn't even log a minute, he was the eighth person. He he literally uh he came in for one play for that one play, exactly. Um and, and, and not to dwell on the past because you had to win game seven regardless. But shout out to the refs who won game six for the Bucks. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. That's not why that's not why we lost game six. We lost oh, it game. is why we lost game six and the stats support it, even though you know you didn't want to focus on the stats no, of the game. Not. The no. stats support it. Double the foul th- th- shots they took and made. Double. Five more fouls, yeah. But all the technicals, all, all the BS shots that, that ma- they made it. And shout out to freaking Middleton making more three-point, you know, plus four, you know, four-point plays than I've ever seen in a single sitting. So. You got fouled. Well, what you want to yeah, do? fuck off. Anyway, go back to game seven. Yeah, because we're not getting to game six. The point of the matter is uh, Landry Shaman only had seven minutes. Seven minutes. Joe Harris played 47 minutes. No, I I get I, you know, I said that, you know, the Saturday night when we were watching the game. I, I I I had nothing to try to even 
defend, you know, play devil's advocate for you when it came to that decision. When you when you said why is it doesn't he just put Shamit in? If especially when Joe is playing that bad, that is exactly the guy I would have went to. I get why they didn't want to put in Mike James. You know what I mean? That it wasn't the time to put him in. I get why they didn't want to put in Tyler Johnson. It wasn't the time to put him in. Shamit has played consistently well enough to at least be on the same level as Ice Cold Joe. Right. That's what that's what I'm saying. And again, it's not like he's our only shooter where it's like, yo, we have no choice but to hope Joe gets hot. Shamit can shoot. Shoot, even Jeff Green can shoot. Uh, like they he only played 13 minutes. I, I just don't understand. James Harden played all 53 minutes of the game. Kevin Durant played all 53 minutes of the game. Bruce Brown played 52 minutes of the game. Jeff Green, Shamit only had 13 minutes and seven minutes, respectively. And Claxton literally only came in for that one game. Jeff Green got trucked more times in the paint than I think any human's body wants to actually feel. The amount of time his back was on the court – it, it, like I, I'm not surprised at those little minutes because between five, six, and seven, the amount of times he got hit. That's why when I was watching it with my wife and she's asking, why is Giannis so tired in the first half? Because he's been playing physical for seven games. Seven, like not just the wins. Even when he was losing, Giannis was 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 had contact on every play. That's wear and tear. I don't care how good a shape you are in, right. you're gonna exactly. be tired. That's the point. That's playoff basketball. Chris Middleton like gassed. At the end of all, Chris Middleton played well. Shout out, he, that dude deserves more props than people give him because he used to just be a spot up shooter. That dude is it has improved as we were speaking about Ben Simmons before and, and and improving your game. Chris Middleton is not the same Chris Middleton that was you know there five years ago. No, absolutely. I, I I'm just of the mindset that I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, a, a Steve Nash. And I'm saying to myself, you're here because you're supposed to understand how players feel in these moments. And to me, it's like, well, to be fair to him, he ain't never even been to the finals. So, again, I know he's a two-time regular season MVP, a Hall of Fame point guard, but it's not like you got a former champion at the, who's never coached before to be your head coach. You got a great regular season point guard. Uh, to be your head coach and and to be fair to him and, and again a lot of his teams came up short in the playoffs so I'm looking at Steve Nash and I'm saying to myself man you walked into the greatest job ever I need more from you I need more from you again I'm not asking him to be Popovich but what I'm saying is I fully believe that this team was better than the Milwaukee Bucks even with even with James Harden on one leg and even with Kyrie out. I just think we were a better team. Part of that is because of our depth. Part of that is because we had a, this next man up mentality, stay ready. And I understand the playoffs, you shrink your roster. I understand that. But there's no reason why you can't get Kevin Durant a couple minutes of rest here or there. Why we never did hack a Giannis to, to slow the game down, to give KD some They started breathing. doing that in game seven, six and seven to a certain extent, but it, the hack of Giannis was going on. He was just, he, to his credit, he was making those shots. I don't, think ever, I don't think we ever really did a, a full hack of Giannis. What, what we did do, which was smart, was if he started driving towards the paint, we we fouled him before he could, you know, just dunk it, which is smart. Um, but the point of the matter, I would have done, especially in game six, especially, I would have done a full hack of Giannis, man. Like, get, again, because what that does is that messes up their rhythm. It messes up 
uh, their momentum. It gives us a breather. It gives KD a breather. It puts all the pressure on Giannis to make his free throws. It, I, I mean, and again, you got mad. We, like I said, we only went eight deep. So you got Tyler Johnson. You got DJ. You got Reggie Perry. You got Mike James. You got uh, uh, all you. You have you. We literally had thirty fouls at our disposal. Hell, because Joe Harris ain't playing well. Joe, you can use Joe Harris's fouls. You had thirty fouls to play with to put Giannis at the line. And look, if he beats you from the free throw line, you tip your cap. If not, you you take away their ability to gain momentum and and to. Uh, you know, do what they had to do on the offensive end. I just don't understand. We didn't, we made zero adjustments. Our offense was literally, hey, Katie, go win it for us. And he almost did. He was literally two inches away from winning it for us. But the fact that we gave him the ball every freaking time down the floor with no plays going, letting P.J. Tucker wear him out, letting their defense key in on him, letting him go ISO every freaking time was insane. And now we're one, and then you know, in overtime, you could tell he had no legs. I knew, I knew after he shot that shot, he had no legs because the look of despair on his face that told me everything I needed to know. I said, Oh, he put everything into that shot, and he was hoping it was a three. He put everything he had left into that shot, and you saw he went, I, I think, over three or over four in overtime, and he just had no legs. I think, I think six total points between both teams were scored in overtime, both teams were shot. Well, it was eight total points. It was six. To, well, I mean, if you're not counting those last couple free throws, yeah, six, six points. Yeah, but, three buckets. Yeah, yeah. But the point, the point of the matter is, you know, he was gassed, and even in overtime, Joe Harris had two freaking wide open shots, and he missed both of them. It's like Joe Harris, you as bad as you played, if you just make one of those. We're, we're in a better place. If you yep. just make one of them, we might win. We probably win that series. And so it's just like, bro, like, I, I can't with you. I can't. I can't. It's just like, ugh. So, and and I got the notification earlier today, I believe, that D'Antoni's got a second interview with the Portland Trailblazers. And I want to I bring that up to say this. Do you want Steve Nash out? And if you want Steve Nash out, wouldn't Dan Tony be the logical replacement? Um, do I want Steve Nash out? I don't know if I want him out. I just want him to be better. I just want something better, whether that's him being better, whether that's getting a better coach. I just want something better. That's what I want. I, well, we forgot. And that's why I meant to talk about. We forgot to talk about all the coaching changes. You know, Stan Van Gundy's out. Terry Stotts is out. Um, Scott Brooks is is out. There's a lot of coaching changes going on in the NBA. Um, Budenholzer would would have probably been out if if you know KD hits that shot. Um, if I'm Dan Tony, I think I I truly believe that Portland's the only job he would take right now. It's the only job that makes sense. Um, if you're Portland, why wouldn't you want him? And guy, we did we did talk about all those vacancies on the last pod. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> to, 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 to more proof to all the listeners that we're just talking like we always talk. <laughs> we're just recording these conversations. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily want Steve Nash out. I, I'm never a big fan of firing somebody. I just think he needs to be better. He can't just sit there. I understand they brought him in to be a player's coach. Um, what if the Nets have the pop, uh, have the opportunity to get either Popovich or Doc Rivers? Do you still want to keep Steve Nash? Oh no, get rid of him for both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any, anything else that you would like to say about this uh, Nets season? I mean, to your point, it was a great season. I'm, I'm proud of them. They, they worked hard. I'm just pissed off because we should be playing. But the more I think about it, I'm kind of glad we're not, only because I don't think Kyrie would have been ready in time for the conference finals, uh, which means he probably would have been playing on a bad ankle, which could have been bad. I think James Harden still playing on that hamstring would have been bad. So this might have been a blessing in disguise for them to for them to lose and have more time to rest and come back next year even better. So I'm gonna stay Good positive. Point. Good point. That is that's and that's an incredibly positive take. Um, great season. I think this is. I will continue to say this was the greatest Nets team to ever touch the court. Injuries derailed the the contention this year and one other positive besides what you just said about the injuries that come out of Kyrie's injury is all the haters all year that said he wasn't the factor that we could lose him and still win with KD and Harden yada 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 we lost Kai and the offense stopped we did not look the same when Kyrie was not out there anymore not only did he play the most out of the big three, the most games as an as a net this year, he's the only accolade the Brooklyn Nets got all season. His All NBA is the only like marker oh, and distinguishment yes. That's what of this entire season. So all these haters all year talking about. First, it started off with the Celtics were going to be better than us because they upgraded with Kemba Walker and he fits more and yada, yada, yada. Thank God we beat the Celtics in round one. I'll always have that. Not only did we beat the Celtics in round one, we kicked their ass four times this year. So well, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. That, that is something I did want to say. Um, Kemba Walker being traded, that's a big deal. We didn't- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 can talk, we can definitely touch on that in a second. But I, I'm really... I'm happy well, well, also, for, for, for brother Kai, for real, because how important he was to this team was on full display in the playoffs. He had one bad game where by definition of bad game, how we've been talking in this pod, isn't a bad game. And that was game five when Jason Tatum went off. Every other game showed how important and integral he was to the Brooklyn Nets being a, a contender. He had a great Nets season. He is officially one of the greatest Nets point guards because it doesn't take that much, you D'Lo stands that, that, that were on Reddit saying that D'Lo should win a ring, uh, should get a ring too if we win this year, you fucking clowns. Like, the fact that we have this team is positive. The fact that we're going to have this team next year is positive. A lot of people are going to be saying, well, this is your last shot. You're going to have to blow it up, yada, yada, yada. Here's the, the peace of mind I can give you about everybody that's going to tell you over the next year that this is the only chance they have and you'll have to blow up the team, yada, yada, yada. Every team is pretty much blown up after three years. Most teams don't have three years together. So anyone that's going to try to dampen any all the light that you're going to try to you know have for the season next year, short of injuries, wave them off. 
because it doesn't matter. Most, most, most teams have changes every year with the turnover. You keep the core pieces. And as far as this Nets core, now me and you might feel a little bit differently if Joe Harris is going to be on the team next year. But as far as the big three, they're going to be here and we'll be able to build a contender. And the, I'll take the blessing in disguise. I was positive all year. It's a great point you made, Brett, about they were playing hurt. So there's no telling that if we make that shot, Katie has an all-time great series, a, a Nets legacy-defining series. You already had the game, but it would have been the series, right? And then next round, James Harden really hurts his hamstring. Like he's out into next season, hurts his hamstring. No one would have wanted that. Or Kyrie comes back and gets hurt again in the finals on that ankle, and now he's out into next season. Right, which is exactly what I'm saying. But also, this one I wanted to say too, though, because you brought up the accolades. For screw the NBA, man. The the hate that the Nets get is ridiculous. How the hell does Sean Marks not win Executive of the Year? That makes no sense. Uh, we already went. No, 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 no. You just talk. Put stuff on mute. Put stuff on mute because I got I got a couple things to say about that. Put stuff on mute. Um, Sean Marks. Let me, uh, let me backtrack. If if freaking Palinka can get a stupid executive of the year for trading for Anthony Davis. When Anthony Davis literally told the NBA, he wasn't going anywhere else, but the Lakers. If that can happen. Oh, and by the way, um, and by the way, he screwed up the trade. People forget. People forget. They did the trade at the wrong time. Because they did the trade at the wrong time, the Lakers had literally zero cap money left to sign other players to the point where Anthony Davis had to get rid of his trade kicker so that he can join the team and they would have enough money to sign other people. This is the guy that won executive of the year. Sean Marks, yes, he traded for James Harden. I understand that. But remember, James Harden said that uh, Brooklyn was one of the teams he wanted to go to. The Sixers were another one who were in deep discussions to make a trade happen. Miami was another. Brooklyn finally pulled the deal, pulled the trigger on the deal, right? And they did it the right way. One, two, with all the injuries, with everything else, we had to sign we had to sign players and every person that we signed was a golden one. I was livid with Jeff Green signing. He was amazing this year. Blake Griffin signing was good. LaMarcus Aldridge played well for him. Unfortunately, he had the heart condition. He had to retire. The point of the matter is, uh, the Bruce Brown and Shamit trade. You see what I'm saying? The Bruce Brown and the Shamit trade. That turned out well. So everything Sean Marks did this year worked, except hiring Steve Nash. But... How are you going to say that? I had on mute for that. How are you going to say that after saying you'd keep him? I'm just saying, pick a side of the fence, bro. Everything else you said, preach. I mean, preach. The Steve, I mean, the Steve, the Steve Nash thing didn't work out because he cost us game seven. But the point of the matter is, uh, that doesn't mean you can't keep him and make it work next year. It didn't work this year. But the point of the matter is, Sean Marks did all this stuff and he didn't, he, not only did he not win it, I think they said he only got one vote for it. 
Like, come on, stop hating, bro. N- meanwhile, Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau got coach of the year for doing the same thing Kenny Atkinson did. And once again, when Kenny Atkinson did it, he barely got any votes for coach of the year. Whoa, 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 whoa. And this is the only different di- difference I'll say about that. And I know it's supposed to be a regular season award, but we all know we are we are influenced by how the playoffs turn out. And I say that because of the standings. When when Kenny Atkinson did it, we were still sub 500 and we were like the eighth seed, seventh seed, eighth seed. And no, we were six seed. We were six seed. Six seed. And and, and the, the the Knicks were a four seed. They were so much better than we expected. And I think, and I gave Thibs coach of the year before he, he was there's no named way, it. There's no way Coach uh, Thibodeau gets it over Machi Williams. There's no way Thibodeau gets it over Doc Rivers. There's no way. There's no way. I think he definitely gets it over Doc Rivers. And and Monty Williams is, is the one me and you were discussing, you know, how many pods ago. But I, I, I'll still defend Thibs. I, I can't believe Marks only got one. I didn't look. When I saw that he didn't get it, I just kept it moving. That is hating, bro. It's hating. Yeah, it's hate. That, what you said is 100% hate. I Kyrie, agree. Let's be real. Kyrie only got NBA all-team because, because of the 50-40-90 season. If, if it was – if he didn't have that, they wouldn't have put him on. The hate was real. And oh, bro, the hate was so real when he got the 50-40-90 season. You had people saying he didn't play enough games to qualify for it, even though he played more games than who they chose for an MVP for the most part, at least around us. A lot of people were saying Joker. Everyone else was saying Embiid. So. Right. It's just, it's just stupid to me, like, the hate that the Nets have gotten. Like, for being a super team, when – there, where, where was this hate? Like every super team gets hated on, but for the media to come out and basically be like, "Now nah, we're not giving you any props whatsoever," to me, it's wrong. It really is wrong. Sean Marks well deserved a uh, uh, executive of the year, and that and that's no disrespect to James Jones. But again, I thought Monty. So, see again, for me, you're supposed to reward your best teams of the season, right? That's what these regular season awards are for. And to me, nobody – teams didn't get represented well enough. Ben Simmons should have got defense player of the year, not Gobert, because Utah already had the sixth man of the year in Jordan Clarkson. Monty Williams should have gotten head coach of the year because Julius Randle already got most improved, so they didn't need coach of the year as well. Um, and, and that and, – and uh, Joker got uh, MVP – and, and the Nets should have gotten executive of the year. So all the best teams in the league would have been represented in the regular season awards as it should be, because those were the teams that deserved it. Again, I'm not saying Tom Thibodeau didn't do a great job. He did. But Monty, no, you no, you can't tell me, you can't even pick out a, a, a fan but besides the delusional Suns fan that would have told you that the Suns were going to have the second best record in the entire NBA. You can't even tell me somebody was thinking that. Nobody was thinking that. Nobody ever thought that would happen. How do you not give that to Monty Williams? You, you can't. James Jones uh, bringing Chris Paul, trading for Chris Paul was, I mean, that, that wasn't like a, that was like a no-brainer after what he did in OKC. And Jay Crowder, cool. You know, you brought in Jay Crowder. That's executive of the year material? Really? Come on. Stop it. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> stop. When you said it just like that, why I laughed like that was because I, I, I literally saw that Jordan gif. Stop it. Get some help. Like, 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 like what are we talking about here? Uh, Sean Marks traded for James Harden, but it wasn't just a James Harden deal. 
he made so many moves that worked out for us. Even a guy like Alizé Johnson and Mike James, they played well for us down the Mike street. James low-key was probably the best move, besides Harden, was probably the best move he made. Which is yeah, insane. Say, which is insane when it happened. We didn't care. I would say Jeff Green. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeff, that, that's a good one too. Jeff Green. Yeah. Uncle Jeff is now a Nets fan favorite forever. Exactly. And by the way, uh, and like I said, all these moves happened this year. You got Je- you got Bruce Brown and Shaman in a steal of a trade. In a steal of a trade. Uh, the Houston Rockets look stupid for the way they handled the James Harden trade. The Sixers look stupid for not trading Ben Simmons for James Harden. Um, uh, you know, Blake Griffin, uh, yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge, like there were so many moves that Sean Marks made that kept this team afloat. We finished with the second best record in the Eastern Conference and our big three played. The left. Nets had the best season since they were a finals contender, period. Like, like, like we said it before, 20 years. The right. best season the franchise has seen in 20 years. And, and this was all without what our quote unquote big three only playing eight games together. So the point seven. That, <laughs> right. So the point of the matter is how do you not give that to their executive who had to keep making all these roster moves and roster changes because somebody would come in and they would get hurt. Then we got to do another move and then they would get hurt and all this other stuff. Come on. What, like, what are we talking about? Real quick, real quick, because we because you brought it up and we definitely forgot before we started talking about the Nets. Kemba Walker was traded from the Celtics to the Thunder. And I don't know about you. I think it's a good trade for the Thunder. I don't know what the hell the Celtics are doing. It's, it's a it's a money. So Kemba Walker still has two years, $74 million left. Al Horford has two years, $54 million left. The reason why the Celtics had to trade those first round picks is because obviously of the OKC's taking on all the, all the money. So now they just saved themselves $20 million. And they're probably, from what I'm hearing, they're going to buy out Al Horford. And from also what I'm hearing, Al Horford will, is going to greatly consider the Nets. But, you know, don't let him come to the Nets and play well because it's not like Sean Marsh is going to get credit for that. Um, but, yeah, like, so the, that's why the Celtics did it to free up cap space so that they can make some more moves because they realize this team is not going anywhere. Who would have thought Kemba Walker turning down what we thought was a low ball offer from the Hornets would turn into him being a thunder in two seasons? Yeah. And I, and I feel, I really do feel bad for, for Kemba, like, cause that's not fair to him and that's not a, and, that, and that's not even like something that he deserves. He deserves to be on a winning team. He deserves to play for a winning squad. He gave his heart out to uh, that Charlotte organization. They were never any good. And now he's on the wrong side of 30. He's having knee issues and he's short. You know what I mean? He's, he's only six foot, if that. So, you know, that is uh, something that's, I think a lot of teams are considering and holding against him. And you know how the Celtics are with, with hurt point guards. They'll get rid of you in a heartbeat. Um, so Could I, you imagine a scenario where the Thunder trade Kemba to the Sixers for Ben Simmons, like, you know, and obviously send Kemba with some picks, but that wouldn't be a possibility between the Celtics and the Sixers, especially after the, the Celtics, you know, rob them during the Jason, uh, Jason Tatum trade or the pick that became Jason Tatum. 
So the Thunder, I could see the Thunder making a deal with Philly. Philly needs guards. Who knows? That's because I don't I don't really see a path for Kemba on the Thunder, but who knows? We've we've we said that I, I Chris Ball was de- was done when he was on the Thunder and well, no, that's home. true, and that, that's very true. I I don't think Kemba, I still don't think Kemba is gonna play a game for the Thunder. I think they're gonna use him. Oh, excuse me. I think they're gonna use sorry him. Sorry to bore you, bro. No, no, I'm no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, you know, the Celtics bore me. Uh, I think I think the Thunder are going to try to use him to get some more pieces. I mean, they got a billion picks already. If everything, I think if every they have three first round picks, and I believe again, the lottery is tonight as of the making of this recording. I believe if everything falls into place, they might have they could potentially have two top five picks. So that's awesome if you're a Thunder fan. Um, and I don't think Kemba Walker is part of their you know, future. So they're going to try to trade him to either get another first round pick or to bring somebody else in. And I don't, you said Ben Simmons. I don't even think the Thunder would have to give up picks to get Ben. I think Ben Simmons value is so low right now. If you can trade Ben Simmons for Kemba Walker straight up, or maybe another player or so, I think, I think Philly might do that. Maybe. So I don't, I don't know. You know, it's it's that's sad to say that a guy who was a number one pick, a guy that won rookie of the year, not too long ago, by the way, uh, you know, because technically, even though he was drafted the year before, he's considered the same draft class as Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum. Um, the fact that his trade value is that low right now is ridiculous. So, you know, who knows? I, I can see Kemba getting traded to the Lakers or something like that because they need a point guard. Oh, God, I hope not. I, I, I can see. I can see, I can see it happening, but what are the Lakers going to give up money-wise that the Thunder would want? And do they have the picks? Uh, I, uh, I don't think they have the picks because of the AD trade. How many? Uh, I don't remember how many. Well, remember they gave up a lot of players. I don't think they gave up a lot of picks. Maybe. Who knows? We we don't worry. We'll have plenty of time to talk about all these offseason. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that on next time on next property. The, the dope log, yada, yada, yada. We'll definitely be talking about this in depth. This used to be what Nets propaganda was, was speculating about drafts and picks and who you bring over. And now it's us complaining that we didn't win a title. Good time. Come up. Good time. Tell them where they can find you, bro. You can find me at never forget me, N-E-V-A underscore the number four, B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at not the Chuck D on all the socials. And we're at www.thedope.blog on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, wherever you like listening to us. We appreciate your support. And we're at the underscore dope blog on Instagram at the dope blog, all one word on Twitter. And yes, yes, I cried a little bit. <laughs> Peace. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm 